Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of the Eggshells Podcast Companion. This is an audible companion to Eggshells Pro Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome, a book that goes into deep detail on every single pro wrestling event that's ever taken place in Japan's most famous stadium. In this episode, in this podcast, we take a look at a different year in Tokyo Dome history with a different guest each time. We've nearly reached the end of our auditory journey as we look at 2017, and joining me this time is. Uh, Michelle Kane. Hello. <laughs> Hi, nice to nice to be um, on this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> on this kind of thing. We yeah, have done this kind of thing. I don't have a lot of, of podcast experience. This is it's, kind of, it's still sort of a new thing for me. It's surprising <laughs> because yeah. um, we've done, I think, one in like yeah. our, at our old day or my old days of, of doing stuff for the law. And yeah. um, then as now... It's mm. because, you know, I, I, people, it's very strange to be called an authority on, on different things. And I, I tend to reject that <laughs> term. But like, but you are truly an authority on like everything um, from, is it fair to say indie sleaze up no, to less sleazy fair. indie? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> everything that's outside the, 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 the main New Japan scope of Japanese yeah. wrestling. Um, or really, you know, outside the, the you've got your your New Japan stuff that that base is is well covered these days, and oh, yeah. to an extent, Noah All Japan Dragon Gate, you know, and Jai does a great job with with Dragon Gate as well. But mm. um, but for everything else, from DDT through K Dojo and like and everything to to Heat Up and Triple Six, like, oh yeah, it's you or there's no one really. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, even just in the past week, like, and in and coming up in the next couple of days, I've got like all kinds of really weird stuff coming up. I mean, did I did you see uh, my tweets about a little thing called Love Affair Pro Wrestling? No, that but I was, would love to hear about. Love. Oh my god, that was that was an experience. I mean, it it's it was a show produced by Minio Fujita, mm. who pro- also produces um, the infamous Chinko Pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Love Affair Pro was just basically Chinko Pro Plus. Um, I was kind of surprised at first when he announced that there wouldn't be any photography or anything allowed at this event, and then the event started, and I was like, "Oh, that's why." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun, but it was mm. still some points that I'd still kind of make me think. Yeah, this is actual proof that I'm living in a simulation. What the hell is going on? <laughs> it was yeah. great fun, though. I mean, just, wow. I'm going to have to get around to writing my report about it, but it's just getting my thoughts together about it because I still can't quite believe some of the stuff that happened actually happened. <laughs> Are you going to go with, like, courtroom-like drawings, like stick figure style? Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be that kind of thing, or it's just going to be like gifts of me attempting interpretive dance or something I don't know. it was a it was a it was a wild ride terrific. yeah literally <clears throat> yeah <laughs> terrific. terrific yeah, yeah um so the the reason uh, i wanted to have uh, michelle on on this episode was uh, because 2017 was a very very special year in the Tokyo Dome, oh, because yeah. um, after so long of it just being one show a year and and uh, just New Japan, we a new contender appeared. Yay! And, uh, <laughs> perhaps the the weirdest. Um, <laughs> I think it's fair. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think I think I the weird. Even if you went, to, happened there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Even if you went back to like the the weekly pro wrestling and like the the alien death match. That oh was gosh, that yeah. Um, <laughs> Which was great because it was just it. It wound up being just basically a, a normal match, <laughs> just with really silly rules. Um, oh boy! But uh, yes, we'll we'll definitely uh, do our biggest deep dive on on DDT on this on this episode. Um, but in general, Michelle, what what were you up to in in twenty seventeen? What was uh, sort of um, catching your eye, or or like uh, what, what were you doing in in life a couple of years ago? Well, let's see, 2017. Well, it was last year, dude. Um, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Like, everything it seems that, like a long time ago, though. I, I mean, know. a lot has happened but since last year, you know? It's been yes. kind of a crazy year for lots of things. And, 
you know, like it, it's I, I mean, I, I remember like thinking, you know, 2017, my God, that's ages ago, but mm. like it really wasn't. It's <laughs> it's bizarre doing like this podcast because we're doing a year every week basically yeah. <laughs> and some because i'm recording these in advance like some of these i'm doing like four or five years in, in one oh, of week. course yeah so like it's just yeah. been, it, i've suddenly gone from yeah do you remember what it was like in like 1996 you know oh my god like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah wow i mean you've been working really hard on all of this you know it's really amazing what you're doing <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm I'm sick of it. Like, let's get it. <laughs> it's nearly done now. Oh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's just it's been a it's been a really it was a really crazy year, and like I think you know so much happened. I mean, like even just thinking just about DDT, like I mean mm. they had their big show like, at Saitama Super Arena, probably the yeah actually yeah the biggest show they have done to date. And that was a really amazing thing just to be in the audience for that. That was that was one of the highlights of my year, just seeing such a huge event like that. And with it being for DDT, which is it's a promotion that's been very close to my heart for a very long time. You know, I, I go to their Korako and Hall shows almost every month, except for December, because I visit family in December for Christmas. You know how it is. Mm. But, you know, like, just seeing him on such a big stage was actually a really powerful thing. I was really proud of him for it. And it's it's been really weird, like, just because, okay, I, this is kind of a weird thing. I have in my room as a decoration, they released a commemorative lunch mat thing, and it has pictures, like really cute cartoon pictures of all the units at that time. So it's mm. got like Damnation, it's got NWA, it's got Smile Squash, and it's got like Fantastic Memories and T2He and Shuten Doji's on there too and Happy Motel. And like half of those units don't even exist anymore. <laughs> You know, like, you know, even just within the world of DDT, so much has changed just in the last year or two of like, you know, so many units like coming together or splitting up, you know, people leaving and stuff. I mean, Shigehiro Iria just left pretty much. And, mm. you know, it's it's been like, you know, it, like 2017 was a really big year for DDT, you know, for, you know, the Saitama Super Arena thing. And also, of course, you know, I mean, Sanshiro Takagi said he wanted more than anything to have a show at Tokyo Dome. And you know what? He did it. You know, like he maybe didn't do it the way Asterisk. he wanted yeah, to yeah. do it. But that's the problem if he didn't do the thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I definitely I, I want to talk more because, I mean, it was a, a crazy year for, for everything that happened with DDT towards the yeah. end of 2017 but um, oh my god but, yeah the cyber agent stuff yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah but before we get into that there was uh yeah. some the, the traditional new japan to get out the way and also yep. uh as is uh as is normal michelle on on this yep. podcast i i do go into do a, a little touch on on what was happening in the charts every of course yeah that's fine yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, it's just been incredibly boring for like the last six weeks on this podcast because it's been, oh, who was on top of the charts? It was AKP48 again. Again. And, uh, <laughs> that's what happened in 2017. I think at least the last episode of this podcast, I anticipate it's probably going to be the pump by the end of 2018. And that's it's got to be, hasn't be. it? What else could it be? If that song is everywhere, like even now, it still hasn't died yet. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's yeah. um, my children won't stop. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, my students are always doing a dance to it as well, like, especially when we're studying countries and stuff. And there's always one kid who will sing the USA song whenever we talk about America and say, oh, God, not this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least it's it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah, that pen pineapple apple pen thing, anyway. Memes <laughs> die hard in Japan. It's like um, yeah, you know, it's like fax machines. 
Yeah. Um, it, it's the same when, when Japan has, has a meme to truly call their own, then it, it will not die. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then you, you hear kids like say pen, pineapple, apple pen, like yeah. now. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, like it's and no, uh, hello child, were you like actually that. born when this was a thing? You know, I'm not <laughs> sure you were. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, very, very strange. I think like Japan is a little bit behind the meme game. They are a little bit, but can you imagine when they finally catch up, they're just going to dominate the market? I mean, memes will never be the same again. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to that, actually, because everyone will either be super happy about it or everyone's just going to cry. And Twitter and social media in general will just be a really fun place to be when that happens. Right, right. Um, so yes, uh, 2017 started off, of course, um, Wrestle Kingdom 11. <laughs> yeah. Is this, I mean, you, of course, like mm. following New Japan is, is pretty much a, a full-time job. Oh, so yeah. like, and, and you follow so many like promotions and, and yeah. you know, generally on the, the, the smaller scale of things. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. not something that you regularly watch. Like, do you tend to like just sort of pass over Wrestle Kingdom and maybe look at it a little bit later? Do you watch yeah. this stuff live as it goes or, or what? Yeah, it's just like, well, I kind of, I don't really completely pass over it. Like I tend to just continue, continue doing my own thing kind of thing because, mm. I mean, DDT nowadays, like, is, is there are so many different things going on within DDT. I mean, following DDT's like two full-time yes. jobs at the minute. Right, I mean, right. you've got so They've many got, different like, brands. and. Yeah. That's good and all, but when I first started following DDT, it was basically DDT and Union, and that mm. was about your lot. And then they brought in Tokyo Joshi Pro and DNA, and then they brought in Ganbare, and then everything, like, you know, they just brought in lots of different things when then Union ended, but then Basara started, and then, oh God, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I tend to follow DDT the most closely, obviously, but, I, you know, it's not like I'm not interested at all in Wrestle Kingdom or anything. It's like, you know, there's a lot of good stuff happening in New Japan. It's just, it's a lack of time more yes. than anything else, you know. Yes. It's, it's Especially nowadays, it's so hard to keep up with everything because... Yeah. Everything is out there now, you know, like even like Big Japan have got their own streaming service. All Japan got their own streaming service, you know, like a lot of other stuff is still up on Nico Nico, which I still watch occasionally. But by God, the frame rate. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just we are living in an age now where everything is so accessible and yeah. we've never had easier access to more quality wrestling and we do now but at the same time it, it's really hard to keep up with all everything i'd sure. love to be able to do that i mean I'd, yeah. i i would love to just be like you know what okay i'm gonna watch ddt and then i'm gonna watch new japan you know what oh there's some cool stuff happening on all japan right now i'd like to get on that but it's just not enough hours in a day you know i mean mm. even ddt i love ddt to pieces and it's like I, I don't really have enough time to watch everything because, well, a girl's mm. got to work, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it yeah. Is, it's, it's a paralysis it's of choice. And, and it's one of those things, you know, I am constantly amazed that Samurai TV is still alive, actually. Oh, my God, know, yeah. Because they <laughs> had a huge opportunity to get all of those Mm -hmm. the smaller companies together and yeah. like have an amazing streaming service and yeah. they they shot themselves in the foot basically they by, did by you know i was so disappointed in samurai tv when that thing started up right because i mean it could have been so much better and they could have done so much with it and it's like they were just so blind to what they could have mm. done with it you know it's just like you'd think they would know the business a bit better than that yeah you know like especially because like, you know well i mean there were already other streaming services up at the time that were doing very well and it, they could have taken a couple of cues from like other streaming services too but they were just like now nah, we're samurai tv we're gonna do it in the most inefficient way possible Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and the fact that like you know there were people even outside of japan willing to pay for this because you know it's it's samurai tv it's like it's such a famous thing you know there were people willing to pay money for this overseas and they were just like 
foreign credit cards. No, you don't get to watch us. Sorry. It's just like, oh, come on, guys. Really? People were they were trying to give them money. Yeah. <laughs> for sake. It's ridiculous. They were turning down pretty much free money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, it's it's a it's a shame. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, but but what we're left is yeah, with, with all these these disparate streaming services and it's it's very yeah. difficult. You know, um, yeah. which is why, you know, I think when we do touch on DC it's one thing that that I hope the the relationship with, with Abima like and, and Cyber Agent mm. that, that improves oh, yeah. that because you, yeah. you do have something where it's like oh ddt's on like you know this uh, and you can tune in on abima like for free and and it's yeah. there you know um, yeah yeah but yeah. uh at any rate yeah this i mean it was a, a very it was the, a, a huge wrestle kingdom you know i, I think oh, at God, the time, yeah. and i'm probably like the the most international that it had been up to that point yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, maybe arguably this year was even more so because of the, the Jericho situation. But um oh, yeah. I mean this was the, the real year that sort of Kenny Omega mm. like fever took hold and um, wow. <laughs> within the space of literally one calendar year, from January the fifth to mm. January the fourth, it was it was suddenly, you know, I mean you you saw how much of a draw uh, oh, he was and just eclipsed everything that AJ had done. You know, and uh, he's he's an, he's an amazing talent, you know, and like even back in the day, even back in the DDT days, I mean, he was a huge part in making DDT as popular as it was, mm. you know, like people were coming to the shows, like not um, obviously not only to see Kenny, but he was one of the big reasons for it, you know, like he he and Kota obviously were such a fantastic team, and like they just brought so much to the table, and I think a lot of people. In a way, they kind of expected him to move on eventually, you know. But mm. you know, we were still sad when he did. But you know, it's good. It was so good that I mean, like I remember seeing like some of his matches uh, in New Japan and just thinking, you know, I thought he couldn't get better, but he did. Yes. <laughs> Actually, he did improve, and I was just like, I thought he was already like the best he could be in DDT. He did some amazing stuff in DDT, mm. but. You know, he surpassed himself in New Japan and a lot of DDT fans, you know, are still very attached to him. And, you know, they're still very proud of him, even though, like, he's not in DDT anymore. They still consider him a very important part of it in a way. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. Um yeah, well, I mean, what do you think of like how he, you know, how he sort of changed in in terms of his sort of persona and and the way he he carried himself from being like kind mm. of the 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 goofy babyface to <laughs> yeah. being very much like the goofy heel side, like the flip side. Yeah. When he first went in, but then exactly, like, yeah, <laughs> maturing, uh, maturing with mm. getting into that main event spot. You know, absolutely, um, yeah. More of a of, of a sort of serious character, but um, mm. yeah, you know, I think like there's some. That's where like you kind of either love or hate Kenny Omega is is like yeah that. that line of you know i i like my wrestling and my wrestlers to present themselves in a certain way and it, and it should yeah. be this and like his but like kenny yeah. kind of i think that's part of like being in that ddt audience because like yeah. ddt you're you're changing gears very very quickly through oh yeah we're doing comedy and now we're doing something serious and then yeah <laughs> whereas yeah. and that's something that i think he still does on a lot of yeah. different levels in that's wrestling funny. and in social media and, and with the mm. media in in general um yeah i mean as a ddt wrestler i think a lot what a lot of people kind of underestimate about a lot of guys in TD, ddt is is that they have to be so adaptable and flexible with their characters, you know, because, you know, like you say, they could be doing very silly comedy stuff one minute and the next minute they could be in a very like powerful storyline or they could be doing something very, very serious. You know, like, I mean, it's just... I, I think he brought a lot of that with him to New Japan. And although, like, you know, he can be taken very seriously as a competitor... I think a lot of people, you know, can sort of take or leave like his actual character performance, I think. Uh, and 
I mean, it's it's kind of hard to uh, judge that because obviously, you know, uh, uh, wrestling fans are all different. We can have different expectations. Like you say, you know, some people do want the more serious kind of thing all the time. Some people don't mind the comedy stuff. Some people embrace the comedy stuff to an extent. But Kenny kind of took what he learned in DDT and he made it his own. You know, and, uh, you know, he basically used all the best things that he learned and he applied it to what he was doing in New Japan. And, you know, he did really well with it. He's been doing really well with it. I mean, I know recently he's been, mm, yeah, (laughs) you know, I know a lot of people kind of haven't been a big fan of him, like because of social media nonsense or whatever, but... You know, you can't deny the man's talent, you know, like he's just he's an incredibly versatile performer. Yeah. And I think like it's almost where he does struggle, where I think he's struggled, you know, in Mm. his role as as champion is um, that he still does have that DDT mindset. I think so. Yeah. You know, like. And you'll have known her from being around at the time where, like, mm. Kenny would be standing outside of first ring shaking everybody's hand on the way out. Oh, yeah. Right? And yes. thanking everybody personally for being there. And, oh, God, yeah, you know, yeah. And, that was like, you'd, of him, yeah. Right. And you'd send him a message and, like, on Twitter or whatever, and, and he'd, like, converse. And, you know, yeah, he was, I mean, I he's think, always been like that. He's always been he, the I, I mean, he always has. Connection with the fans. I mean, think fans, like, I actually yeah. have a story about that. Like a few years ago, like I mean, I tend to find I I'm kind of an introvert. I don't go out to a lot of bars or anything like that. But a few years ago, when I was like getting more and more into DDT, I decided I wanted to go a drop kick. Mm. And I'd been to Stanley Curb a couple of times, and I'd seen like well, what I didn't know at the time was the old drop kick signage, which used to still be up like across the road from Stanley Club. So I always assumed that's where drop kick was. But then, like, when I finally decided to go to Dropkick and I went to that place because, well, it's got Dropkick written on it. And it wasn't there because it actually moved. But I I hadn't known about it, obviously. And I I wrote something on Facebook like, oh, God, okay, I'm trying to find Dropkick and I don't know where it is. I went to this place, but it looks all locked up and stuff. I don't know where Dropkick. Is this where Dropkick's supposed to be or something like that? And Kenny actually replied to me on Facebook going, I think you accidentally went to the old location. The new location is over here. If you can <laughs> yeah. like go that way. I was just like, right, well, right, yeah, right. thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like that's where he's still like, I think part of him still wants to be that. Yeah. And um, it's kind of impossible, you know, it's, when it's you've gone really from, yeah. yeah, when you go from the audience of like three, you know, 200 at Shinkiba to yeah. like 35,000 at, at the Tokyo Dome. And then like, mm. you know, your, your Twitter account goes from like 1,000 to like nearly yeah. It I mean, becomes it difficult. difficult for him, you know, like yeah. just sort of transitioning from like, I don't want to say small time, but, you know, obviously I'm from a much smaller um, promotion, you know, like mm. and moving from a smaller promotion to a bigger promotion is always going to bring different challenges um, for a lot of reasons. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why I like indie promotions or smaller promotions so much is because it's easier to have that kind of connection with the wrestlers as a fan. You know, I mean, mm. I when I first started getting into DDT, like, you know, it was still the case at the time where if you wanted a Harashima t-shirt, you could buy the thing from Harashima and right. have a chat with him about it. I yeah, mean, they yeah, yeah. do that anymore because like, they actually yeah. have like staff at the merch tables now. And I kind of miss that kind of thing, you know, because, you know, it's kind of nice having, you know, that sort of connection with the wrestlers. You know, it kind of makes you feel closer to the product and, you know, it's actually really a really cool thing to be able to do that. And, you know, I think, I don't know if Kenny kind of misses that kind of connection with the fans. I kind of think he does in a way, mm. you know, because, I mean, it must be actually really cool to actually have people coming up to you at work going, you know what, I really loved your match today. That was amazing. Oh, my God. Here, can I buy your merch? You know, that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you you just can't do that in New Japan. You know, it's too big. Sure, sure, sure. Connection. I think like that's one of the things what's 
that, that that's one of the things that's interesting about the, about Kenny Omega like and his direction and how he's been over the last year, especially mm. the stuff with Coter, because I think oh, yeah. like there's this element, there's like the the golden lover Kenny who's yeah. like a wonderful guy and, and you know, and, and yeah. him and Coach and they're finally together and, oh, this is wonderful. Um, and then there's like the cleaner, Kenny Omega, who's like a prick and like he's yeah. like the <laughs> international guy, you know, and he's yeah. like, yeah. And I think like that I'm was... Uh, that was machine. <laughs> yeah, and that's like an interesting aspect to like this match that you had with, with Okada at, at the Dome where, yeah. um, you know, it was very much, it was like that, cleaner Kenny Omega like mm. in the promotion of oh, yeah. oh, I'm gonna take New Japan international if anyone's going international it has to be me you know yeah and um, and then like the the guy in the ring was kind of like this this mix of both where he wasn't quite the cleaner but you like you know you saw the guy that was playing to the crowd a little bit more yeah um, I mean I think a kind of conflict of his characters is actually a really interesting side to him yeah. because yeah you can kind of see him struggling with it. Some, well, I don't know if struggling is the right word, but you can kind of see how it's affecting him, you know, because right. it's like sometimes you kind of get the impression like he doesn't know what he wants to be. Like he can't choose between Golden Lovers and the Cleaner mm-hmm. and like, but they're both important to him for different reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Golden Lovers thing is important to him because, you know, he's had that kind of connection with Kota for such a long time. And he uh, he had some of his best matches with him as a team. But, you know, he, the cleaner part is also very important to him because, you know, he created that for New Japan specifically. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, maybe he's just like, you know, how long can he continue to be both? You right, know? Right. Or is he actually succeeding at being both or should he just you pick a lane essentially you know like yeah he's going to end up betraying in the end is he going to betray kota again or is he going to you know discard the cleaner you know it's like right. you know right. it's like i'm kind of in, uh, interested in seeing you know how things develop with him you know because you know well it's just our history there you know <laughs> yes sure sure and like there was that aspect i mean like they were hinting at all the way you know as soon as like kota comes back that they're, they're hinting at it or whatever and then you oh, yeah. like um you know the, the opening the the first match on on this card was um, oh yeah Tiger, Tiger the Dark, ACH against like Tiger Mask, W. Kota Ibushi. You know, and so you know, there's this thing where like Tiger Mask, Doug, you know, fuck it, Kota Ibushi does like the golden triangle. Yeah, he does the golden triangle out to the floor at the start, and then like in the the main event, like Kenny does a golden triangle like out over the guardrails oh, to the yeah, outside yeah. You know, it's like everything i'm gonna one-up everything that you do and that kind of thing but um yeah. you know i mean one of the, the big talking points coming out of this match was mm. um as much of the plaudits going ahead and like this was probably like the first seed planted of tanahashi versus omega but uh, mm. you know t- tanahashi talking about the the dangerous aspects of it and like yeah. so i mean this was um you know, kind of something that, you know, I, I thought it was an important thing to oh, talk yeah. about when I was writing the book. You know, I asked Kenny about it and um, I asked uh, Hashimoto-san, like, the, the, who's a, a great journalist, um, oh. about uh, about that uh, yeah. aspect of the match. You know, and the, you know, they, they had their, their different sort of ideas about it. Um, but, I mean, for for you, what what was your sort of take home about, like, this match in particular where you had, like, you know, it's things like the dragon suplex off the top rope and, like, oh. kind of a lot of stuff where, you know, do you think there was, there was and do you think there is in general, like, especially now, like, um, a pressure to be kind of, uh, to push the boat out and take a lot of risks in, in, in main events? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean... Like the thing with being in the main event is, it's almost a kind of pressure. Like you have to kind of top the previous main event. You know, like it's, it's you can't really stay still in wrestling. You know, like it's always got to be evolving and changing in subtle ways or in big ways. You know, and I think. Yeah, I think as a main event, you know, like they had, in a way, they almost had a duty to kind of push a boat out like that. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of dangerous stuff in that match. I mean, holy hell. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, because I mean, I, I think like some parts of that match, I was kind of watching it through gaps in my fingers, going, "Oh man, don't do that! Yeah. You did it!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you know, it's like it's it's sometimes scary in a way because you know, like at the end of the day, wrestlers, you know, they appear to be super superhuman, but you know, they are really just human. Yes, <laughs> you know, and. I, you know, some of it's very scary to watch, but in a way, it kind of adds to the drama, you know, because, I mean, there's always this whole thing as a wrestling fan, like, you know, the outcomes are predetermined, we all know this and all that, but, and, like, we know that it's not real TM, but, you know, there's a point where you're not really sure what is actually happening in a way, like, you know, if cer- when certain attacks hit or, you know, when certain bumps mm. are taken and you're just like, oh, hell, is a guy OK? Mm. You know, like, sometimes it does get a bit scary in a way, but you kind of have to manage that, you know, because yeah. it's like watching a horror movie, you know, like being a little bit scared is fine, but you you don't want to shit yourself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think like the, the thing that, you know, I, I think it was like addressing in those interviews in the book where it's like it's more about schedules you know i, I think yeah in, in a lot of these things so oh yeah um you know when you compare the volume of like head drops mm. plus like the, yeah. the schedules that they were working yeah and like the situation now is nowhere near as bad as it was in say yeah. all japan like in the late 90s or no oh, in God, the early yeah. 2000s yeah back um, in the day it was terrible yeah yeah so yeah, I, I think there's there's that aspect, but um, yeah, I mean, like you raised the point of sort of watching, uh, you know, in the in the gaps in your fingers, and so yeah. like, the other guy I wanted to talk about from the show was um, uh, was Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, and, yeah everybody's favorite kitty boy. Yay! <laughs> and that seemed like an appropriate sort of transition um, yeah. when you're talking about terrifying people. Yeah, I mean that. That was on hell of a match as well. I mean, like, that was another one where it was just like, you know, there were certain parts when you're actually genuinely concerned about the well-being of the guys in the ring. And it's just like, okay, I can't stop watching this. I kind of yeah. want to, but I don't want to <laughs> at the same time, you know. Well, it was but, just... Yeah, that was a hell of a match. It actually he really was just, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, but just hell for leather at that point. And, like, there was the thing where he was... Where Kiromu tries to do like the the he did the same Hurricane spot with Dragon Lee once where like mm. um where Kushida was was near the ropes and he was gonna yeah. jump off and Hurricane him o- over the ropes to the floor was yeah. the idea. And like he kind of you know, something goes wrong, you, yeah. you know, and, and like it doesn't it doesn't quite connect. And yeah. like within an instant like his back up on the top rope and just hurling himself bodily like Akishida <laughs> instead which is you know I mean it really speaks to you know how a how ballsy he is but oh, yeah. I think like it's it was interesting like I spent a lot of this week actually as we we're recording this watching um like tight oh you know Sayama mm, yeah. stuff and um especially stuff like um Sayama and Grand Hamada as well at the time and like there was a period that all through 81 where they just like cycled in different luchadors to wrestle Sayama like he'd yeah. been on excursion in Mexico or whatever so it was like okay we'll put him with a bunch of Mexican guys and we can see you know the fans can really see this high flying against opponents that know how to deal with that mm. um but i mean you could really tell then watching yeah. those matches that the difference of them doing that very very high flying style where they're mm. doing a lot of the similar stuff that they do these days oh, yeah. but they're not talking it over first right yeah. so everything's on the fly and yet <laughs> yeah. we're still doing like these crazy things right so well, yeah it's kind of it's very it feels jarring right <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. oh, that's yeah. but you know but it's it's using like these super cool moves in the context of like a, a completely 
unplanned sort of scenario and and you get that with Takahashi you know I think like that element yeah. of like he innovates and he does stuff on the, on the fly without really thinking about it you know yeah. <laughs> like uh, for better or for worse like exactly I mean it's reckless but it's fun to watch as well you know it's, it's like you do kind of worry about the guy sometimes mm. but you know it's no denying like how entertaining his matches are you know like you know he's got a real charisma he's got like you know such an attraction to him you know it's just like you know like like i said you know when i was watching this match it was just like okay i'm scared but i don't want to stop watching <laughs> <laughs> and he's but i mean to that point i think like a lot of people confuse like dangerous doing dangerous stuff in the ring and, and yeah. being uh, reckless and people yeah. think that they don't think or they don't give thought and yeah, you know and i think like sense. there's there's a lot of not on it, it, you know i hmm. not so much now but i think there was there is like a, a section of thought that that think or people that don't watch much say yeah. of koto ibushi yeah. and think that the guy's just he just does crazy shit yeah you know? I mean, um, and basically think he's just, you know, very special, you know, and it's like, <laughs> right. I think a lot of people underestimate, you know, a, a level of thought Ibushi like puts into his match, I'm, you know, because yeah, and into who he is and how he wants to express himself. And yeah. um, I firmly think like Koto Ibushi is one of the smartest people in wrestling. Yeah. And um and you can, I mean, it was a couple of episodes that, that we talked about the, the Ibushi Nakamura match from 2015, mm. which I think is the best wrestling match of all time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> because good. there's so much of that that you see every time I watch that match, I can see something else, like another level to it. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying that he's cute enough to think about every, <laughs> oh, I, I meant for this to happen. Yeah. But, that he's able to communicate on so many different levels. Like he's yeah. the smartest guy in the room, I think. Exactly. And I think Hiromu yeah. is the same way mm. where I don't think there's anybody that puts more thought into how mm. he's presented yeah, character-wise I mean, than Yeah, one does. thing that strikes me about both of them is that they uh, they both basically seem to be working on a couple of different levels in ever, all of their matches. Like they always seem to have something going on and they always seem to have essentially like a backup so like even if something doesn't quite go the way they want they've got something else in the chamber ready to go it's just like mm. oh that didn't quite work okay let's do this yeah <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know it's just like so there's none of this like oh no that didn't work damn what do i do now ah kind of thing that you get with some wrestlers you know it's like you know they're just like okay that didn't work never mind let's do this boom and then you just yeah. do it <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i i think like yeah there, there is this confusion of fearless and brainless right <laughs> yeah i i think like they're definitely both fearless but they're they're, they're yeah. very 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 smart people yeah think, absolutely so. i mean kota like i think it's dangerous in a way to think of kota as somebody who doesn't really know what he's doing i mean i know it's almost a meme at this point like oh silly kota got lost again <laughs> oh, oh silly lost little trust fund baby you know that kind of thing and it's just like you know he's, he's not a baby you know it's easy to think that way he can't basically make it to different but like his his genius is very focused in one direction you know it's like he can at least tie his own shoelaces guys you know like he has has got smarter than anybody really gives him credit for you know it's just like you know maybe he is maybe a little bit socially awkward or something you know oh yeah 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 yeah. you know like you know, like every, he's not perfect, you know, but you know, he, like, he is extremely good at what he does. He, and like, yeah, his intelligence is something that pe- a lot of people don't really talk about because, you know, he's got kind of a goofy, almost like in real life persona sort of thing going on. Like people mm. kind of expect him to be a bit stupid in a way. Mm. But he's really not. That's absolutely not the case. It's, it, you know, honestly, like, um, yeah, it, it's it was around. Yeah, you know, we'll get into the the DDT stuff and DDT. Mm. Yeah, uh, in the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not, asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> like, 
technically, <laughs> they were technically in the Tokyo Dome, and well, they may, they may be again kind of correct <laughs> because Takagi said twenty twenty. Yeah, he, he did wants to have a paid yeah. crowd in. I mean, first, let's let's tackle that first. Do you think? Do you think they they could? Do you think they will? <sighs> It's like, it's one of those things where if they could, it would be the most amazing thing ever. But it depends on so many different things, you know, like a lot can change between now and 2020. And it's like, I mean, I can imagine I'm running Tokyo Dome in some capacity, in some capacity again in the future. Um, 2020 might be too soon, but mm. I have no doubt that they will make it there eventually. You know, I, I basically... Like I mean, I, well, okay. I say I have no doubt that it will do it eventually, but it's 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 so hard to call, in a way, you know, because you know, I I don't know if it's still fair to call DDT a niche product, but like some of it really still kind of is, in a way, you mm. know. I I think like I that. <laughs> yeah, I I think that probably you know is is spoken to by like the how they've managed mm. under cyber agent i yeah. think you know and um yeah so you know i mean this came later you know after yeah. this this tokyo dome situation but cyber yeah. agent bought the company in what october november it was in october, i think yeah yeah october, something like uh, that yeah um like I, I would it would be it, i mean they definitely have the financial backing that they can probably do whatever it takes to get to tokyo dome if that's what they really yeah. want to do but like you know it's just it's it's a very hard thing to call you know because it's just i mean but saying that when they ran the saitama super arena thing like you know that did very well i mean it wasn't a 100 percent sellout um, show or anything like that but they they drew easily the biggest audience they've ever had for anything really you know so I mean, they, they've shown that they can draw a lot large audiences like that. And, you know, but, you know, Tokyo Dome's another thing, man. I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on, you know, do they want to do it to do it? Or do they want to do it to do it well? Um, you know, because I, th I think if they yeah. want to do it to do it, then they could. You know, I mean, it Absolutely, was... yeah. They could easily get, like, you know, I mean, if they... they with a big stretch and a good build, they could get, like, maybe 10,000 in that build. Yeah, I'm you know. sure they could um, draw something, you know? Like, it wouldn't be a complete disaster or anything like mm. that. I mean, like, this isn't, like... I mean, this is going back to, like, some of my indie show performance. Um, do you know about Naoshi Sano's produced show that he did at uh, Sumo Hall a few years ago? Um, it was basically, like, the indiesest of indies right. like, kind of show. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he just had lots of guys from very, very tiny indie promotions. And he ran the show at Sumo Hall. And it was i mean in terms of seats uh sold and everything it was a complete disaster i mean i think oh man i think he barely sold like a few hundred actually you know like he didn't even break a thousand yeah. you know it okay. was it was super poorly attended but at least those guys can all say now hey fuck it i wrestled I, in yeah, yeah 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 you know i can i've done that you know yeah, 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 off, yeah. Uh, it's my bucket list you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's like how they do the um you know i mean people who aren't japanese don't understand but like there's um yeah. there is a university wrestling yeah. uh you know think lots of universities have wrestling circles where they, yeah. they'll they'll wrestle or whatever and you know tanahashi's done this and yeah. like, you know and a lot of different but it's also something you never talk about in pro circles because it's kind of oh, looked yeah. down on like it's kind of like the the, the backyard wrestling of, it is of, of yeah Japan, really. and it's like it's a pity um, in a way you know because sure. like, uh, i mean they, yeah. yeah it's a they club together once a year don't they and they they run a show in corico and hall they do know? yeah that's yeah a, that's a similar thing but yeah. um but yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, Sumo I think they, that was a ballsy move. You know? Yeah, they they yeah, can definitely. Was, I think DDT would would do better yeah. than that. But it's also yeah. in, like another thing. One they say, perhaps you can speak more to me, uh, mm. more on it than me. But like, yeah. I'm not sure how much Cyber Agent wants to because it kind of feels that perhaps mm. they they push DDT. Here's DDT. Here's this thing. Yeah. Um and. Mm just doing just presenting his ddt boom on a tuesday night yeah i mean you saw the viewing 
numbers sort of tail off. And like, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's not done well. Yeah, you know. it's like I feel like if Cyber Agent can kind of understand like a better way to present DDT. I mean, Manji Manji is actually a really good show, but mm. you know, they're not really presenting it like that. I mean, like, I don't know if they really. Like I don't know if he really knows the best way to do it in a way. It's like that's you know, what it's that's good what... for him to say. Oh, we have this DDT thing. We're gonna right. put on our thing, but it's just like beyond that, they don't seem to do a lot with it. I mean, they've got that chat show they do on Thursday nights, you know, and but it's like that's on. An, obviously, it's the middle of the night when that's on. It's hardly that's hardly prime time, you know, but. You know, it's like there's a lot they could do with it, but I don't think, you know, I don't think they have enough experience to really know the best way to do it. I'm hoping the launch of Magi Manji Super will, te- uh, will kind of help them develop more experience with that and like, hopefully get a bigger audience mm. for it. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't a complete disaster or anything like that, but... I, I think with Maji Manji, I think, honestly, a lot of people who would be interested in watching it would probably watch it on the DDT Universe subscription. I think, that, I think that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what spoke to it to me and, and why I sort of passed on it after, yeah. you know, I kind of bounced off it because yeah. it felt like content wide, this was basically appealing to a DDT fan. Yeah. And yet. Um, there was also like, oh, we're on a new platform, so we've got to have a different idol who's yeah. never seen wrestling before in her life yeah. come in, and then we're going to explain that every match ends with a three count, you know? And it was yeah, like, it's just uh, like, that was a yeah. bit, yeah, I mean, it's like, I, but the, that's basically Cyber Agent's big thing, is that they do need to present something like a little bit different, but at the same time, it still needs to appeal to the DDT fans because you can't really p- risk mm. pissing off your core audience. You know, if they go I... too different or if they kind of mess up the presentation that DDT fans are used to too much, you know, the DDT fans are going to complain about it. You know, yeah, and, and oh, please, that's... everyone, they're in a really tough position, honestly. Sure, sure, but I mean, I think that's that's an. I mean, of course, like New Japan was also bought by like a big company in oh, yeah. Bushiro that yeah. um, that had their their different take on it, and and it was like this different way of of marketing yeah i've seen the commercials (laughs) yeah so i mean it was a thing i think like the bushy road approach was Mm. been uh you know has been is um let's leave the let's let the product speak for itself and we'll just find our way to sell it better yeah and and market the guys better you know i think like that's that's probably you know the deal with with cyber agent Mm. to an extent is like well we'll we'll give it a plat let's platform it and yeah. like market it in the, in the right way yeah. um but like finding that that right way is is perhaps a, a little bit difficult but uh yeah. anyway yes takagi and minoru suzuki in the in the tokyo dome the, the match itself my god um, the <laughs> match says, well mini mini movie really you know i yeah. kind of think like all of these you know when they do rojo press like it's mm. uh it's ba- these are like mini movies and like yeah. it's the same with like the Ibushi in the apartment building you know yeah. and that kind of thing it's it's like watching like almost like an anthology you know like basically like so for this match like you know like a lot of the previous Rojo Pro matches it was just you know they have a location they wrestle through it and they meet friends along the way who do different things you know? it was um I yeah. describe it to, to people that, that have never seen DDT before it was like you know the skits they do every wrestlemania where it's a walk and talk and then like here in the background there's ted dibiase doing something and then ron simmons says damn like it's basically that for an hour (laughs) (laughs) in the best possible way though i mean i I mean i i think almost every ddt fan just loves the hell out of a rojo pro shows because i mean it's like they are wacky and stupid but they are also it's it's also clear that a lot of thought has gone into them i mean one thing that I think a lot of people don't quite appreciate about comedy wrestling is that it's really bloody difficult to get right. Yes. You know, it's, oh like, it's got, you know, like, you know, you've got to think about the wrestling aspect of things, sure, but you've also got to think about things like comedy timing and having everything set up and everything like that. I mean, one, I, I know it sounds really stupid, but like, you know, what's one thing that I've noticed, like, rewatching it, there's certain things 
where, you know, even if the timing had been a little bit off, like certain things wouldn't have worked quite so well. For example, um, in the opening part, like when they're leaving a field and they're going up the stairs, and then suddenly Super Sasa Dangle Machine is just there with his um, with his laptop, and he's like, "Hi everyone, I'm going to <laughs> yeah, it's, right it's, now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he was just he was there, just in the right place at the right time. Uh, you, and yeah, was, I mean, you, you have to you have to think. I mean, like the the challenge of like probably all of those, but especially yeah. this in particular, the Tokyo Dome would have had its its own challenges. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, for sure, you had people doing constant like radio communication back and forth of like, oh yeah. Oh, they're they're coming up this way or whatever yeah um but yeah i just love or like yeah it, there's so many like little gags like but what mm. i love is like how much like the guys are cued in and how much they are and presumably takagi knows yeah. pretty much everything yeah. i don't think suzuki knows yeah, you know, because so like there's a bit surprised at a lot of the stuff that was he going walks on and, out like, and like he just sees... sort of resorted to hitting people when he didn't understand what yeah, was yeah. going on right. <laughs> he, when he walks out and like he sees like aja kong about to sing the national and he just corpses you know yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> and it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that game we know where yeah. we're going. But uh yeah, I, I love this like the, the poor Goto Ihashi like taking like three, four flights of stairs. Like, yeah. yeah, oh god, yeah. Stuff. And like I mean there was so so many parts with the Goto Ihashi like, interactions that just cracked me up. I mean like the, the first time they run into Ihashi on the stairs, you don't even get a look at his face because it's just an over the shoulder view from behind um Ihashi and just looking straight at Suzuki. He was just looking at Ihashi like, dude, what the hell are you doing? What is, what, what is actually going on here? Yeah. And then I think he just sort of just loses it and just shoves him down the stairs, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, he yeah. doesn't know what else to do. And he's just, you know, the luck he gives Ihashi in that moment is just classic. And I kind of liked how they had it set up so you could see his expression perfectly. So you could see how he was reacting to all this um, wackiness that was happening, you know, and it's just... You know, even just little things like that, just like planning camera angles and stuff like that, mm. that must have taken quite a lot of coordination and oh, stuff God. like that. I was yeah, so yeah. surprised by it. And like, but I mean, it was other things as well where it's just like, okay, is this intentional or not? For example, whenever um, Takagi or Suzuki were going up the stairs, you got a fantastic view of both of our butts. Um, <laughs> oh, I say fantastic. I mean, Suzuki's not bad, but yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, there's lots of little touches like that, where it's just like, okay, is this, you know, is this an intentional thing or did they actually plan to have the camera up? Well, yeah, yeah. And just like little <laughs> Start like the you know there's one bit where like Takagi gets up ahead a and goes around the corner and like Suzuki's on the other side. Oh so, yeah, like, it's like there's the bit of like no, come over here, no you come over here, no you. You know it's like it's brilliant. And, like yeah. there was actually it it happened with like they did the same thing mm. with um Ishii and Suzuki like a oh, few yeah. weeks ago at Kogan, where like they were fighting all the way down this and like it was one of the sort of backstage. Yeah. so he didn't go up until the next day yeah but like obviously you know they're, they're tearing each other they're beating the shit out of each other you know yeah. and it, it was you know it was suzuki and ishii but like they did that bit where like you know ishii just like gets it goes down the stairs like suzuki's like ah, ah you know and like, ishii's like oh my god you know, they're going oh you go over here no you go over here you go over this way you know, it's like brilliant yeah just love that you know? yeah, suzuki's an amazing person you know, because it's just like, no, you know, it's like 99.9% of the time he's the scariest bastard on the planet, right? But it's just, he does comic timing actually super well, you know? I actually really like that aspect of him, you know? it's just, Yeah, I, I think really- there's <laughs> no, honestly, there's no better mm. person. I, I think, like, really, truly, when you look at the, the, best pro wrestlers of all time yeah you have to put suzuki in like the top five because of the diversity that Mm. he shows 
that he's yeah. shown for for his entire career and like yeah. he didn't just the very like, he didn't have to do this fucking thing with yeah. Takagi just because like Sanshiro <laughs> Takagi promised to face him in the Tokyo Dome yes. like five years beforehand yeah. you know um, <laughs> yeah, he, Suzuki could like, easily have said no but it's so good that they followed up on that you know it's oh, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's really cool and do you want to know something right and also skipping ahead a bit but right at the end of that um, Rojo Pro and when they have that thing on the big screen where they're like, okay, our next and final match like this is going to be on this deserted island. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and they're going to fucking do it. You know they're going to do it. It's like, I, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. They're going to find an island where they're going to be allowed to do that. And they're just going to go, right, okay, we found an island. Let's do this shit. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's like, Yeah. I mean, the, the callbacks with like Inoki and Saito and like, and like it's just going to be yeah. that, right? Um, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, God, I mean, he is so good. And the fact that, and this is the, where Suzuki was at that point as well, you know, because like he'd come back from Noah into New Japan, like January the 5th, and just the scariest motherfucker on the planet, you know, and like just terrifying, like amazing, amazing promos. Yeah. And then, like, it's April just like yucking out, and it's just hilarious. It's just yeah. so funny. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and I loved as well, like, the, the Tenyu cameo in this as well. You know, oh, because, yeah. Like, he's another guy, you know, much yeah. like Suzuki in that regard. Yeah, because he's, he's just sort of there, just sort of casually coaching uh, Keisuke Ishii <laughs> and Ryo Tanaka to, like, doing baseball and stuff, and just, you know, having him practice pitching and stuff like that. And he's just. You know, like oh, it's just actually a really nice touch. I loved seeing yeah, that. Yeah. Do you think like the the you know there was a bit with Chinsuke, of course, and uh, um, uh, who's the who's the fake Tanahashi? Tanabata. Tanabata. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that? Do you think politically motivated? Was like Takagi going to be like, oh, let's have a bit with these two guys in the Tokyo, and I'm going to like we're going to fuck them up. Just I mean, to, it's like you Tanahashi almost can't have a Tokyo Dome show without at least one of the other of those guys or you know very yeah. life counterparts being somewhere around so it's just like <laughs> i guess he was just like you know fuck it let's just bring them both in you know like here mm. yeah we got tanabata and nakamura here yeah <laughs> you know like i think that was actually really cool you know and you know i don't really think it's really meant i think it's generally not meant as a really political thing or anything like that. it's just it's funny as hell yes, <laughs> right, those right, guys right. just randomly turn up in places like that i mean like when Nakamura turned, when Chinsuke Nakamura turned up as a, you know one um one of the special weapons in Mal, uh, Mal versus Takagi uh, from <laughs> from Peter Pan, that was just like you know everyone was super happy to see him, you know. So like Chinsuke turns up a lot in DDT, you know, and I think like you know that was just. In a way, almost like a bit of fan service. Like, okay, everybody loves this guy, so let's bring him in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was still, I was still watching it at the time, wondering whether Takagi still had some resentment towards Hiroshi Tanahashi, and was like, let's give me possibly. You know, it's a possibility. Me. It's always a possibility, yeah. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that uh, that was something very. <laughs> It was a very yeah, DDT a, thing to do. Was, yes. Yeah, it <laughs> was on brand, as the yeah, kids say. Yeah, very on and, brand thing. Um, Just super fun to watch as well. It's like it's a it's not. I mean, I, I my feet when you look at it on DDT Universe, it seems like it's going to be a super long thing, but it's just because they got the bumpers at the start and the end. It's actually not mm. that long. I remember watching it live and thinking, "My God, this is going on forever." But it's it's not even an hour long. Like with even with everything, like from introduction bit and uh, right up until like you know um, Takagi's like fake retirement bit at the end, yeah. you know where like you know um, he's in the middle of his ten count and he's he just turns around and punches Suzuki in the stomach going, you really think I was going to retire? Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not retiring until I've kicked your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, damn. I mean, that was during a time when Takagi was doing a lot of these fake retirement things anyway. Mm. And 
it would be a very Takagi thing to do to actually retire in a very similar manner, but like his time ain't done yet, you know. Like I was right, actually right. really fun, you know, just seeing him do that, like in Tokyo Dome of all places. That was actually a really cool thing to see. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, it, it was super cool, you know. Yeah. And um, just I yeah, just just everything about that. It's just so much fun. I I love. <laughs> I even love like. Sagagi so like his his entrance and like he he doesn't have corners to pose on so like he'll he goes up to each of the four bases. Oh like, god, yeah. And when yeah. when Suzuki made his entrance and he went through these imaginary ropes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was oh, just that great. was such a nice touch, you know. That was it's just great. like you know he wasn't even thinking about it, you know. He just sort of did it like almost like a yeah. reflex. Oh yeah, that, that, I mean again really that awesome. is that is how good that is how good Minoru Suzuki is. Oh yes. god, he's amazing. You know, like he is, yeah, like yeah. he's honestly, he's got to be one of the, the top five performers yeah. of all time. Absolutely, without a doubt, yeah. Um, okay, well, great. This this has been really, really fun. But, um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yes. it's a fun time. This uh, was really thank you very much for inviting me to do this. No, 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 it's, uh, it's my pleasure. This is, when is this going up? Probably, this might even be up after the next Wrestle Kingdom I think Ooh, <laughs> like nice. the way that the things work out it's okay. like it's probably be up in, <laughs> well, probably be up in January actually. Well, that's actually pretty um, cool timing <laughs> uh, yeah no the the timing was wrong on my part so it was like oh. okay we're, we're gonna have like 30 weeks and then like it's gonna finish right before like Wrestle Kingdom 13 gotcha yeah and then, like it's one you know but um, I think then as well it was like I don't want to start doing the podcast like way before the book comes out because yeah. like, then it's like oh go buy the book and then, oh, okay so like we yeah. compromised and then it was like well we're gonna finish in the middle of january like, oh. <laughs> um but uh yes yeah would you have what what do you think you might have going on in in january though you want to send people to <laughs> do you have anything okay. you want to few things i mean i i wouldn't it wouldn't it's very on brand for me to do this but obviously if you can get to ddt's um show on is it uh, january 3rd absolutely get to that i mean the tickets for that are all two thousand yen each you know they're going back mm. to the new year's like gift money sort of prices because like, for a couple of years they tried to do it with just you know the usual ticket prices but you know, back in the day, they used to sell the tickets for like a thousand yen each or something. Or mm. I remember, like when I first got into DDT, I think the tickets were only five hundred yen or something ridiculous like that. For the I think that's show. that's yeah, that's where you think like it's one of the the sad things about business being really good, right? Is yeah. that it becomes so expensive and they go, oh yeah. wow. But I mean, it's great that they can, but also yeah. You know, um, but <laughs> I mean, it's it's trying to it's one of those it like one of the great things about wrestle kingdom being like the destination yeah like and tokyo don't be in the destination of like is that it has become yeah i mean the the branding from the company this year is like it's the winter wrestling festival but yeah. like it kind of it is you know it's it become is, yeah. like our it's become like the japanese wrestlemania week because yeah. like there's stuff happening all week you know and like yeah, there's so really many cool. people from all over the world coming and like come see more wrestling and like yeah. you know it's great so, I mean, Tokyo Joshi Pro in particular always time their shows essentially so you can go straight from their Korakuen straight to Wrestle Kingdom if you want. Mm, you know, yeah. like a lot of people actually do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. there's so much happening. And, you know, if, uh, you know, um, obviously a lot of people nowadays make the trip over to Japan for the New Year's week just because there's so much going on and there's such mm. a huge variety of shows taking place in such a short amount time and it is really one of the best times a year to visit i mean if you're gonna visit japan at all to come and see wrestling probably the first week of a new year is probably the best time to do it you know because yeah. it's just so much so much stuff going on you know of course you got wrestle kingdom but like you can also sort of spread your wings a bit and sort of go out and discover new stuff i mean with a ddt thing it's just like it's only 2000 yen you might as well give it a go even if it's not usually what you would watch you know sure sure <laughs> yeah. sure they're doing that free show as well right and, yeah they are uh, yeah like they've yeah. got a lot of stuff going on like over the first week of the new year like they've got a lot of smaller shows happening in like kitazawa town hall and stuff like that as well and of course like a lot of the other um, smaller promotions like wrestle one has a korakuen hall show on january 5th 
And Kaz Hayashi actually recorded an English language promo video for that. You know, mm. so I think like, you know, um, Wrestle One are also trying to get more foreigners like to come into their shows as well, which is actually a really nice thing. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, I mean, it's and it's great. And like and everything around the outside, you know, I mean, you're you're getting all like these little pre parties and after parties. Yeah, it's all my, cool my, stuff my buddy um, Henchina is running an, an after party like um, oh, yeah. took it home in, in Shibuya as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's great that, you know, the, there's, there's people like you there to be an ambassador for that. Yeah, you know, and and to be a guide for for that, you know, and and yeah. like, that's 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 really awesome, you know. Oh, that's really cool. um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So love to mm. do more with it. I mean, like this year in particular, it's just been kind of tough for me personally. So like my blog has not been like updated quite as much as I would like it to be. Hopefully next year I'll be in a slight, at least a slightly better position in a sure. lot of different areas, sure. and like. You know, I want to be able to do more reports about all the shows I go to. Just because, I mean, one of, I, I, when I started doing my blog, it was actually just as a purely as a way for me to practice Japanese. Right. When I first started writing my blog, it was Japanese only, actually. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, wait a minute, this is really dumb. Why don't I actually do it as a bilingual thing? Then I can practice my Japanese. And like anybody, like any non-Japanese speakers who also want to know about all the crazy stuff I go to can yes. also learn more about it. I mean, like it's kind of interesting seeing what is popular on my blog. Like, you know, obviously I check my stats a lot for it and stuff. And it's like, you know, of course, DDT is always somewhere in the top um it seems like the crazier of a show the more views it gets like my chinko pro and nicho pro reports are the most popular things i've ever (laughs) (laughs) which is like okay thanks guys but you know like my ddt stuff tends to do really well as well so like i tend like this year i've mostly been prioritizing ddt just because there's so much of it and because it seems to be the most popular kind of stuff that i write but I also find out stuff like Wrestle One actually gets a lot of views and stuff as well. I think it's just because people don't know quite a lot about it. Exactly. So they, they I think no more. Yeah. It's just not a lot of English language material about exact, it. That is exactly Especially it. Yeah. Someone who's yeah. actually in the hall watching it, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I think that's something, yeah, that, that this sort of sub community has, has sprung up around that. Yeah. Right? Is, is filling that need. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, yes, I definitely recommend that you go give Michelle a follow at Progressor Aikaiwa. Yeah. Um, and of course you can follow me uh, on Twitter at ReasonJP and you can check out Eggshells Pro Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome um, in paper, digital and hopefully by the time this is out uh, audiobook form as well and uh, next episode is going to be the last episode of, of this run <laughs> yeah. um, because Uh-oh. we'll be up to, to current date and uh, Kevin Kelly is going to be joining me to, to chat about 2018 oh gosh um, that's so awesome I look forward to that <laughs> and, uh, and we'll speak to you soon goodbye goodbye <laughs>